As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality new or used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. Today's podcast is also presented in part by Portatree. I use Portatree products personally to help me become the best racer that I can be. From the pocket pal to a full-size national event tree, Portatree has quality products to meet our needs. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. And the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L-Ride and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all win long. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. Jed, that sounds Wait. good. Have you done that before? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, my 19th time now. <laughs> uh, we, we <laughs> well, got... no, it's, it's way more than my 19th time, but... <laughs> It's yeah, the 19th one they've heard. We need to have an outtakes <laughs> on one of these uh, we upcoming really episodes. We, we, that would be some fun. Um, yeah, it would be a good time. What's on tap today, bud? We got a good big show for everybody today. No guests today because we had a huge racing weekend. We got a ton of results to talk about from NHRA in Gainesville, big dollar bracket competition basically all over the country, Bowling Green, Noble, Oklahoma, Virginia, at IHRA race in San Antonio. So we have a lot to cover today. We'll talk a little bit more about our last big thing, but starting things off like with a, uh, 
a warning, I guess, for everybody. I think there's a better word for that. <laughs> I, uh, my wife and I are on, I, if you follow my wife on Facebook or Instagram, you know that we are on like a, a by God crash diet. <laughs> Jed, I haven't had meat in a week. Oh my goodness. And, and I can't blame this on her. Like this was sort of my idea. Like we were definite, we're in partnership like this, like everything in our marriage, but, uh, this is oh, killing buddy. me, and I'm just warning, not so much you, like, I, I'm glad that we don't have a guest this week, and I'm putting out a little warning to, to listeners, I'm a touch on the irritable side, and I'm going to blame that on my diet, I, I'm just a little bit on edge, so watch your P's and Q's, Jed, don't tee anything up for me, I'm subject to knock it plumb out of the park today, I'm, I'm just a touch on the edge. I will do my best, and uh, you know I've I've already felt the wrath of this diet for the listeners. I messed up a little something on the intro, and Luke, if he had been here, he would have choked the life out of me. So we're going to get through this thing, Luke. Everything's going to be all right, and hopefully you get some meat in your diet soon. Yeah. yeah. What do you eat if you're not? I mean, if there's no meat, what what's the point in eating anyway? But what are you eating? Well, in week one, we could have fish and chicken. It's all very regimented. Like there was, you, it says you can have fish and chicken. There's like two dinners where one dinner we had some fish and one dinner we had some chicken. Um, <laughs> but believe it or not, like the portions are huge. And you, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm not hungry. Like I'm not particularly hungry. I'm just really craving something more filling. Yeah. <laughs> Meat, per se. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. This week we can have beans. Next week, it cuts that out completely. We can have some grains this week. And actually, this is the last day of week two, so it's going to get worse before it gets better. But on the bright side, I'm two weeks into this deal and, you know, feel good for the most part other than really wanting a hamburger. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I'm down 16 pounds. So the wow. ends justify the means, but uh, I, at least that's what I'm convincing myself of. It's just a little bit rough on me, and, and I can feel myself taking it out on people that don't necessarily deserve it. So that was Wow. Weird. Yeah. Well, I'm man, I'm very fortunate. I can eat whatever I want. It really don't affect me. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to go on diets and things, but uh, if I ever do feel like I need to lose a pound or two, I'm... I'm going to hit you up and get this diet. Oh, it'll but, do it. It's a, I mean, it's a full-time job. I think my wife spends literally like three, four hours a day between shopping and meal prep if you average it out. Like, it's a ton of work. Yeah. And she's putting up with me, and I'm not in the greatest <laughs> mood. But other than that, it's great. <laughs> awesome. Sound like good results. <laughs> what else is going you? on? Oh, man, you know, same old, same old, getting ready to go racing. Nova's getting a, getting a heartbeat here in a couple of days, and it'll be my first time out, and I'm going to go uh, make my debut at the Drag Race Results Ultimate Series, where I'm sure I'll see you, and looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time, and I'm going to make the maiden voyage this year at a race that's got $100,000 worth of winner's purse, so... I'm sure nobody there will be prepared, and I'll have an easy task. <laughs> That's actually beating. what I'm banking on, because uh, this will be my first <laughs> trip down the racetrack in about six months. Same deal. I'll probably get to make a few laps on Thursday. And me being the having the brightest idea ever, not only will Thursday bring my first trip down the racetrack in 2017, it's also day one of like a 30-day tour. When I leave home for my first race of the year, I will not be back until late April. So, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we, uh, or I will leave straight from Huntsville to uh, 
head west to Vegas for the National, the Divisional, and the Spring Fling Million. So I get, to, I get to take that ride solo, but uh, Jess and Little Man are flying out after the National event. So Considering the effects this diet's having on you, you couldn't have had a better riding partner uh, to make that trip to Vegas because <laughs> nobody be able to put up with you for that long anyway. I'll so be in there with all my friends. <laughs> should work out great. <laughs> <laughs> Quick bracket talk. How's your bracket looking, bud? After round one of the NCAA tournament, man, I looked strong. I was leading all of the little bracket challenges that I was in. I think I was 29-3 and three in those mm. initial 32 games. It went downhill from there. Round two was rough on me. Yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> I've lost. Uh, I had Duke as the national runner-up. I had Louisville in the final four, so obviously those two in particular are be killing me. How about you? I'm doing uh, okay. I've still got North Carolina, Kansas, and Arizona in the show. So I got three of my final four, and my, my champion is still hanging in there. So it's okay. looks decent, but it wouldn't win anything unless those guys all pan out to go where I've got them. But other than that, not too bad, really, for, for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not ahead of you in much anything right now, um, which we'll learn a little bit later. But feels good to have three of my final four still remaining. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And just in reference to last week, uh, Tammy Eggleston's Iowa State Cyclones down. Took a tough loss oh, to Purdue, yeah. so hate it for Tammy. And I actually, I did, I looked on, on Brad Plord's bracket challenge, and I was trying, after day one, like I said, I was riding high. Oh, yeah, I'm, this is coming my way. And then uh, today, this morning, I looked, and I did figure out a way I could still win it. I've got UCLA winning the whole thing, so obviously that has to happen, which I think pretty much yeah. you have to pick the national championship if you're going to win any type of pool like that. But there is I one so. other participant in the pool that had UCLA winning. So not only do I need UCLA to win, but the best I can figure, the only way that I'm going to get around D. Lamb in this pool is uh, for Purdue to knock off Kansas this week. So I need those two things to happen. That's not asking for much. I need Purdue to beat Kansas, nah. and I need... UCLA to beat everybody. Both very possible. It could happen. But outside of that, how about some racing talk? Yeah, I guess that's what we're supposed to do here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. We have a lot to discuss. We do, we do. And I, I guess we'll kick this off with, we introduced last week, the last big thing. Those of you that have been listening to uh, multiple podcasts throughout the year know that uh, it was just a few weeks ago we had Caleb Ellison on. He was the winner of our vote for the next big thing, next big thing in Sportsman Drag Racing. Well, we didn't yep. want to... Uh, we didn't want to be age discriminant, so we wanted to shine a spotlight on some of our uh, older competitors. Uh, we call yeah. it the last big thing, which is really just a, a play on words, a, a little bit of fun with it. We're uh, we're looking for older competitors, or competitors that are up in the years, experienced, that are still competing at a high level. And we asked you listeners to respond on Facebook, and boy, did we get some response. <laughs> yes, we did. You know what was really cool about that too, Luke, to me that most of the people that were nominated were tagged, which means they have an, an active Facebook page. So not only are these very experienced racers that, you know, come through the years where this wasn't even a thought, now they're in the new age living like we do. They're on Facebook with their with their profile and everything out there. So I thought that was pretty cool that we're talking age sixty and over. And most of these people were all tagged. So that was really neat for me to see. I agree. That struck me too. Um, and we had, I, I didn't even, I tried to go through this morning, obviously, to, to 
to narrow this down to five nominees because we'll do this just like we did the next big thing. But I don't know how many comments and messages we had on this. It was overwhelming. Um, yeah, it was big. Maybe even more so than the next big thing, which was cool. And we had a ton of great nominees, like just some ones that stood out to me, guys that I know and have looked up to for years that didn't necessarily make the cut. Like they aren't one of the, the five nominees that got the most mentions, the most votes so to speak but like Ted Seipel Randy Folk who you and I are familiar with is putting on the million dollar race uh, yes was a dominant racer for years and years and years and is still doing it at a really high level he won a day at Bradenton last year West Palm one of the two yep one of those up in our area Billy Schlumpf uh, I just know him as Zach's dad but he's been around <laughs> this sport forever and still does really well Bruce Call up in Minnesota Wisconsin I want to say Minnesota yep. Racine Minnesota is that right I believe so yeah very um, very uh, good memory. Yeah. Bob Gilmore, who comes out to our race every year from Canada. Tom Cat Carroll, who I grew up watching, helping at the racetrack, worked for him for a while at Crowley, Crowley Service Center. Like the names here just brought up a lot of cool memories for me, if nothing else. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And you had, you know, Bob Big Bucks Mulaney, Ed Byer. Is Mulaney's not old enough to qualify for this? Is I he? believe I believe that Bob is right there. I, I mean, if he's not sixty, he is all over it. But he's young. I mean, heart. he's got. I mean, yeah. he's got that thirty-year-old complexion. <laughs> yes, he does. And again, Ed Byer. I, I didn't know Ed was sixty plus, but if Speaking he is, of uh, young at heart. Good, yeah, he's a good-looking sixty. If he is, Don Bradford, guy local to me. Bill Hurd from out in Oregon. Big John, I'm going to be honest. I, I, Big John, I don't recognize that uh, that oh, nickname. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just kind of making a, a, a quick notes on her. That's Big John LaBoose. Big John. Oh, okay. Not to be Big confused John. with Little John. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> uh, the general, uh, Ron Folk, Jim Hunter, and a guy that beats me to death that beats a lot of people to death buddy farrell uh, from the memphis area buddy still makes wonderful laps yeah you and me both i, I start calling him buddy for real because that's what he makes besides <laughs> me. For real. a lot of talent in that group that didn't get nominated doesn't mean they couldn't compete with the five that did get nominated by any means but uh that's a there's some talented dudes in there turn on a lot of wind lights there yeah. were five that had the most votes the five that we narrowed it down to, again, and this wasn't our decision, so if you don't like the nominees, don't get on us. You guys voted for this. Right, easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't set me off today, right? But our five nominees based, again, upon your comments and likes on the Facebook page, Mike McKinney. Mike has a long history in the sport of driving cool cars, accomplishing very notable things. We'll get with... Uh, Mike or somebody close to him to get a more detailed list of his um, accomplishments, which are numerous. But Mike, a guy out of the uh, Cincinnati area, I don't know if he actually resides in Indiana or Ohio, but still to this day, or at least the last time that I ran a big no-box race in that area, Mike beat me like a drum. He still gets it done. Very good racer and been, like I say, doing it forever. So, yeah, um, passing that talent down through mm -hmm. the family, too. Yeah, that's a good point, too. So, very deserving of being on the list. Jed, from your neck of the woods, Randy French made the, uh, made the ballot here. Tell us a little bit about Randy. Yeah, Papa French, uh, French and Weaver racing team. Man, I've, I've been watching he and his son in law go for. Yeah, at least 25, 30 years together, and uh, 
Papa French is an announcer. He's a racer and a crew chief. He's uh, Danny Weaver's grandfather for a lot of people with a lot of the younger crowd. They don't know who Danny Weaver is, but Randy French is a guy that's done it all in racing for sure and still out there hanging in. He, he probably doesn't drive a whole lot these days, but he's definitely involved in the sport at a high level with a lot of cars and a, a good racing team under him. So good to see him on the list. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, Danny had actually made a, a post on that thread saying that uh, Randy French had made one run down the racetrack in his career. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe that was the case. Long time um, car owner and supporter. So cool to uh, to see him involved here and get a little bit of flavor from a different aspect. He's announced a lot at the good times, too. That counts for a lot right there. Yeah. You and speaking of your neck of the woods, from, from your old neck of the woods, your your home place here, who you got on the list next? Don Bulware. And I remember racing with Don Bulware when I was a kid. And I never, like, he's another guy that, doesn't show his age like i would have never guessed he's in his 70s today which granted i haven't really raced with him for a decade don bowher had said in the thread is 74 years old and is as big a threat to win a bracket race local race big dollar race as anybody in the state of texas and the surrounding areas went to the ihra tournament of champions runoff a year or two ago might have been 2013 it's, it's been recent and advanced to the final he had a perfect light in the final got beat um, wow. Yeah, and you just you still see his name a lot. Seventy four years young. So I'm glad to have Don on here. And Don and Greg Burba, who we'll talk about in a second, were really the spearheaded this deal as far as getting the most mentions and votes. I don't know if that will yeah. necessarily correlate to the actual vote, but in terms of nominations, it was those two in a runaway. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of love for those guys. And uh splitting them on the list was uh, Tim Buckley. Tim um says record. He represented uh, Division Three twice in Pomona. I'm not sure of his age. Everybody's age wasn't listed, but Tim definitely been doing it for a long time, and uh, he's Another got a passing it down through the. That's right. He's got a family tree that's that's showing uh, what what he's able to teach as well. So good to see Tim on the list and get nominated. Yeah, and uh, and Greg Berba, who I referenced just a little bit earlier, his son Ryan put a uh, a glowing kind of brief history res- retrospective on our Facebook page and he was not the only one nominating Greg Berber like I say it was uh, it was pretty overwhelming the support coming in from Mr. Berber I believe that he just turned 60 just kind of qualified for the the last big thing but very well respected via the Facebook community and a long time fast door car driver and quick eight competitor and winner out of the Dayton Ohio area so yeah. that's the five. Like I say, we I felt like we had a little too many in the next big thing. I think 10 was a little overwhelming for most people. So our five candidates, our nominees for the last big thing, again, Mike McKinney, Randy French, Don Bulware, Tim Buckley, Greg Berba. And we'll do this the same way that we did the next big thing. We'll put together a uh, an email vote. I'll get that going at some point within the next few days between um, getting everything ready to go to Huntsville and... Um, getting my little operation here ready to run without me for a month but yeah i'll just do that in my spare time but we will we will uh, we'll get the uh, the vote out for the last big thing so look forward to the interaction and uh, the vote there and again we'll take the uh, overall winner and uh, be happy to have them speak with us on the podcast maybe not next week because i think we've got a pretty full show already stacked up next week but certainly in the next couple of weeks we'll get that going yeah, and you'll be on the road doing the show for the for the next three weeks or so. So that's 
it's going to create some other challenges for you but looking forward to to hearing the story of your travels and um, i know that it's going to be tough to put everything together so just do the best you can luke we're all here for you bud you got a huge support team behind you well what's, what's going to work best for you dad next week monday night or tuesday night we'll go ahead yeah, whatever <laughs> at this point whatever you say because <laughs> i can tell you what's going to happen in my life between about noon monday and uh the time that i pretty much get to vegas hopefully tuesday night wednesday morning yeah. i'm going to see a lot of the same scenery <laughs> i don't you know for any of you that have ever made that drive by the time that I get west of mm, Oklahoma City, maybe Amarillo, not much changes for the next mm, day and a half. Like you pretty <laughs> much see the same stuff for a long time. So yeah, you uh, just let me know what works, but I'll make it happen. <laughs> but we will. We will uh, get together next week. We already got a big show planned. Got a great guest. I don't want to tease it too much in case something falls through. But uh, but we will. We'll have an excellent episode next week. Allstate, I don't, we had a few happenings in the, uh, in the Allstate competition. The one thing that I wanted to do, and I don't think any of this has happened in the last week, but I was just kind of going through trying to get a little bit of a roster of who's going to be there. And like I say, at the picked up on a few states here, I don't think that they were announced necessarily in the last week, but I thought it'd be good for us to maybe every week or every other week, just kind of go through a little bit of the state by state rosters talking about who's going to be in Memphis, because it is literally a who's who of sportsman drag racing like this deal it's one thing i talked about this i, I mentioned last week i talked about this with randy Shewer up at apd and the way we were talking like the jegs all-stars is a really cool event and it's a prestigious deal just to be a part of but not to take anything away from it but it's who's done the best over the last calendar year like yeah. who's the racers that are getting voted or nominated or chosen to represent their states like it's kind of a lifelong achievement award and what you get is like not somebody that's been hot for a month or that's put together an incredible season. Like this is somebody that has been performing at a high level for a long time in most cases. And to have whatever, however many states, 32-ish yeah. of teams comprised of those competitors converging on one facility on one weekend. Like I just don't think that anything's ever been comparable to it. Like I love running the All-Stars or the U.S. Nationals. But again, that's one specific class typically and you just i mean as much as that's a convergence of hitters i just don't think it's going to compare to this this is yeah this is going to be awesome so the couple that i i wanted to highlight this week that we haven't talked a ton about team ohio michael beard is the captain team ohio i mentioned randy randy Schuer is their top bulb dragster entrant top bulb door car kenny underwood who else bottom bulber nick hastings nick had a big weekend yeah. uh, that we'll get to a little bit later 890 index jacob elrod. on the top yeah 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 he did jacob elrod another guy that had a big weekend will be the ohio rep in uh, in 890 michael himself the stock super stock rep randy biddle jr the utility rep i believe is this the same team that we discussed i think it is the same team that we debated in the all-state competition yeah i think it is Plus, obviously, the, the category that we Yeah, didn't I believe have, it's all, all the same. I think it is, too. Plus the category that we didn't have, the female entrant, which is going to be Jessica Arnold. So strong team coming out of the Buckeye State. And then, like Randy talked about, like, yeah, I don't I want to feel like I can speak for him. Like, he was honored just to be a part of it because there's so many great racers coming out of Ohio. And I think most of us could say that about our home state, too. Yeah, no doubt about it. Another state that, that we had on the list to highlight this week is uh, – 
Steam Team Louisiana, where our good friend Cody Harger, your buddy, uh, being the the captain there, and um, we all know Cody's. What's that? I see that's your buddy. Yeah, yeah, my buddy Cody. We all know his antics so far, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a good team. It's it's a real good team. Uh, in the dragster, uh, you got Johnny Brackett racing, Johnny Ezel. In the door car, Travis Barnett, and that bad hot rod of his. On the bottom bulb is Travis Lipscomb, one of my good buddies, uh, very, very talented. And the stock super stock is Cooter Hidalgo, which we all know how talented Cooter is. The man, Steve Collier, in 890 index and their female participant is dr Brittany ezel and then a guy who had a really really good weekend himself in the utility category is uh slate comes yeah yeah the uh that team out of the bayou they call is... themselves all right jed and i are fighting a little bit of a connection difficulty here so hopefully that last uh portion wasn't cutting out too bad we'll go right back in uh, we talked about team ohio Again, I don't think this is any kind of release, but uh, let's go through the team that will be represented from the Bayou Boys down there in Louisiana, Big Jed. Yeah, our good friend Cody Harger is the team captain there. And, uh, you better we all call know. him your good friend. You want him to stay <laughs> off of you a little bit, don't you? Yeah, I need him off of me. He's been on the slammers pretty hard, but he's got a great team behind him. He's got, uh, in the dragster category, he's got Johnny Brackett racing, Johnny Ezel. In the door car, he's got Travis Barnett. Uh, another Travis on the bottom bulb and Travis Lipscomb, one of my good buddies there, very talented. The female racer is going to be Dr. Brittany Ezel. He's got Cooter Hidalgo in the stock, super stock category. 890 is the man himself, Steve Collier. And over in the utility category is a guy that had a great weekend we'll talk about here coming up, Slate Cummings. Yeah, and the team that, that Louisiana knocked off in our debate much and spurred much greater debate i'm pretty sure the whole state of texas is still upset with me i know everybody that hits the bottom in the state of texas is still ticked off at me but um, (laughs) team texas we talked a little bit about them last week they finalized their team i think since our last recording naming cassie pennington as the female representative and jeff heffler as the utility driver jeff if you listen to our previous podcast when we had that debate i'm high on jeff heffler and i don't know how you couldn't be he's he's accomplished yeah. a lot and i uh i watched him with great awe uh in my younger years so uh glad to see him uh, get this opportunity and have no doubt that he will represent the lone star state and style and again the rest of that team again we talked about him last week but uh, it's it's pennington heavy down there in texas <laughs> um, man you got three penningtons on your team i gotta love you i mean i really <laughs> oh my goodness i love that team uh my Michael and Cassie, uh, again, Cassie in the uh, female side. Michael, I believe, is the door car representative. And then Michael's little brother, Peeps, shooting the dragster. Plus, they got Austin Williams in stock super stock, Tommy Phillips in super comp, and Jay Robinson on the bottom. So lots of talent on that Texas team and, uh, and lots of all-state racers in general doing damage across the country last weekend, which we'll get to a little bit later. But uh, definitely looking forward to Memphis because, again, it's just going to be a uh, – opportunity for the best of the best to uh, to square off and with a lot on the line obviously financially but again like we talked about last week uh, more prestige than anything yep absolutely and uh, the texas team is loaded but they're, they're all loaded so it's going to be awesome to watch it play out and september can't get here fast enough i'm so glad that we don't have to debate this and they're actually going to settle it on the racetrack <laughs> me and you both 
All right. Listeners, if, if you followed or participated in the off-season practice tree challenge on Facebook, then you know that I'm a huge advocate of routine practice. And the best way to do that, to get the most out of it, is to practice on a real LED tree in your own race car using your own pedals and or trans brake button. Porta Tree makes doing all of that easy. Their new Eliminator Next Gen practice tree has more relevant features than any other tree on the market, and it's touchscreen, so it makes it easy to use. The Next Gen is compatible with both the PortaTree National Event Tree and the PortaTree Mini, which is what I use myself. Best of all, PortaTree offers vehicle connections that allow you to easily plug these devices into your race car so you can use your own button on your own wheel, even your own delay box. For more information, give PortaTree a call. one 800 541-7613. In addition to Portatree, I want to take just a minute, Jed, to talk about racing RVs. I was actually, as part of my travels last week, I was uh, on their lot near Dayton, Ohio, and it's easy to get to. It's right off Interstate 70, about 15 miles west of I-75, and I'm telling you right now, they have got inventory, tons of inventory, to the point that it's probably a little overstocked to where you can get an excellent deal. Like I think Joe is in the mood to sell them cheap. They're stacked very deep up there at, uh, at racing RVs. This season, like in seasons past, Joe and I are teaming up on three to four premium used units with functions that fit the needs of racers like me and you. This RV that I picked up last week that I'm taking to Las Vegas, it's a 2002 Renegade. It's got a 30-foot box. It's got a 435-horsepower cat diesel on a Columbia chassis, which is a little bit rare for those older Renegades. It's well-kept. It's a really nice piece. Joe's got it listed at 94.9, but the Luke Bogacki Motorsports Special is just 91.5. Preferably, I would like to uh, deliver that or have the customer pick it up after Vegas, but hey, we'll work with you. Joe and I can make this happen if it's something that you need sooner. If you're interested, give me a call, 256-679-8328, or visit RacingRVs.com to see their complete selection. Now that we told you a little bit about Portatree and racing RVs, Jed, like we talked about earlier, a ton of racing going on last weekend, and I know that we're half an hour into this podcast before we get to it, but we had a lot of cool stuff to get to, right? Absolutely. Oh, man, this is the most racing we've had to talk about since we've been here, and that's, that theme will continue, I'm sure, as the weeks progress. But a uh, really big one, the Gator Nationals, uh, was this past weekend. And, uh, you know, for once in a while that I can remember them, they didn't really have weather challenges, maybe some little stuff. But, you know, you didn't see pictures of the mud and all those other things. Sound like they had a really good weekend down there. And a lot of racers showed up that always show up, and uh, as usual, it was pretty good for, for Team Luke. Yeah, how about that? I'm glad yeah, you how about just that? got that out of the way right off the bat. No, it did yeah. look like they had uh, they avoided the wet stuff down there. It was cold, though. I got a text, I think it was Thursday morning from Brad, Plored. 38 degrees in Gainesville, Florida, when they rolled out for time runs on uh, on Thursday morning. So I don't think that's what the, uh, what the Floridians are used to down there. Yeah, that's pretty rare for any winter month, but especially March. Uh, one of my Alabama boys got him started off in comp eliminator, David Rampey, with another big win. Yeah, back to little- back. We uh, we didn't pick uh, comp eliminator for our uh, our NHRA draft, but obviously uh, I think Rampey probably would have been the number one overall seed. Yeah. But yeah, that's a win at the divisional the previous week, win at the national this weekend. And just, I don't know this, like, 
I know that, that David has talked, and this is nothing like personal between me and him, but you know, this has been on in several stories. Like this may very well be his last year of competition. And he said that for a couple of years. Like there, and it's he's no spring chicken. As good as, as yeah. David is, like uh, I don't think it's he's not going to be out there at this level forever. How cool would it be for him to kind of cap this career with yet another world championship? Yeah, it would be really cool to see him take the the Peyton Manning route and win it all and then head into the sunset but Mike uh, Dave, yeah. <laughs> yeah david congratulations to him uh, took his little bantam roadster to another win over uh got by uh, red lighting west leopold so uh big win there for david and and top sportsman here we go <laughs> Jeff, jeffrey barker hashtag team luke with another win in uh, the top sportsman category over uh, another alabama boy casey spradlin so uh, great showing there by Jeffrey Barker again. That, that dude just—he just wins, really yeah, does. Yeah, it must have been something in the water down there uh, between Rampy and Barker, both back-to-back doubles, divisional, national, and uh, again, I believe that was Jeffrey's first two races of the year. So could not ask for a better start to uh, his what I hope to be a uh, championship campaign for Team Luke and uh, Barker yeah. Motorsports. Yeah, really cool. <laughs> and, uh, factory Stock Showdown, it, Luke. It was cool to see a camaro out there getting it done um you know those mustangs dominated that and uh, david barton took his camaro to an 813 winning elapsed time in factory stock which is that's a fast wow. stock eliminator car that is impressive <laughs> chuck watson in the mustang took the runner-up spot with an 822 so that was uh, really cool that's a uh, camaro's coming out there and competing with those Fords now and that's a good solid factory battle that I hope lasts a long time yeah Superstock saw uh, Fred Allen get the win over Michael Volkman Volkman was another one that was trying to repeat I believe he won the divisional event the week prior maybe it was yep. runner up he was in the final so very good start for Volkman I think when uh, when free agency comes up in our NHRA draft uh, Mr. Volkman's going to be a, a hot commodity in the Superstock <laughs> yeah. class because uh, neither one of so. us picked him initially I believe that final was a double red light as well but uh, Volkman was first stock eliminator Terry Nagel knocked out Richard Mace in the final round Super Comp final was uh, an all-star matchup and a pair of all-state team representatives Jacob Elrod carrying the flag for Team Ohio, like we discussed earlier, knocked off Troy Williams Jr., a Floridian in the final. Looked like, and not to be too speculative, looked like uh, Troy give back the finish line by the slimmest of margins. I believe it was a triple zero finish, but I see Jacob went 179 in the final. I think he went 183 on a uh, by runner against a red light earlier. So both of them playing a little bit at the finish line, and, uh, and Jacob come out on the on the top end of that one. Yeah, and and last on the list there for the Gators results is the the feel good story of the year for sure already. Sherman Adcock hashtag Team Luke. Um, much as I love Sherman, I'm getting tired of saying Team Luke. But well, you did have Sher- Sherman is on your team. It just yeah, happens just, to be in Supercomp, which is yeah, not the class that he won this weekend. He won Super <laughs> Gas, where he is part of Team Luke. But I, I digress. Go ahead team. and tell the feel good story. <laughs> But he took his uh, familiar Pontiac Trans Am, his, his peak Trans Am, to a dead eight win over, uh, I guess, uh, David would have to be his best friend. Without question. Been, been uh, racing partners for many, many years. 
David, very familiar story. His beautiful Chevy 2 super gas car was stolen, I think, about three years ago. They found it trashed. Terrible story. Racing community come together, tried to help. David has done his own helping himself. Got back on the track. His first national event back since his racing operation was stolen. Goes dead zero in the final. Comes up a few thousand short to his best friend, Sherman Adcock. And uh, I watched the interview with Sherman, and it was almost like he hated to win it. You know, it's almost like he would have just rather had lost, but, you know, he had to go out and do his job. So, really awesome story. Great to see David back out on the racetrack and um, as competitive as ever. Three-year layoff, but he's back and ready. Yeah, very cool to see him back. I actually talked to David earlier in the week, uh, knew he was down there. Great to uh, see him back at the racetrack and having that success. And that final had to be really special for both of those guys. So pretty neat. And just from the outside view, watching the video of that, if you're standing in the starting line or uh, sitting in the stands, how fitting is it that those two make that run in the final and both put 990 on the scoreboards? That's what those yeah. have been doing for two decades. So, very cool. Yeah, yeah, it was real cool. Yeah, def- uh, a good weekend for Team Luke, too. Like we said, uh, <laughs> Mr. Barker, Mr. Adcock, way to go, boys, carrying the flag. Also had a semifinal finish in stock for uh, defending national champion Jeff Strickland. So, that's a good start to his title defense. Uh, let's let's keep it going, yeah. boys. Good for Strick. Happy to see a slammer getting it done. I just hate somebody scoring points for Team Luke again. That uh, did Ed open? Did Ed open not come to the Gators? I mean, <laughs> it's a long way from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Although he might have to make a trip to Division Two if he's going to knock. He's going to stop Jeffrey Barker. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Big Buck bracket racing all over the country. Where do you want to start here, Jed? We had uh, we had Bowling Green. We had Noble, Virginia. Uh, where are we going? I think, uh, talk about the 10-tuck, which is one of the longest-running bracket series, if not the longest-running in the country. Uh, great event. Uh, they had some weather challenges, had to cancel Friday, or not really cancel, they postponed it. It is a uh, great event. And just full disclosure, like that is my favorite event format that there is. It's old school. Yeah. There's, I believe now, <laughs> in its prime, it was you single-entered, no buybacks, one race a day. Nowadays, as they get fewer car counts i believe they've opened it up to double entries there's a buyback if there's fewer than x number of cars but i still like that format i like going to the races and not racing all day and all night so and and still racing for an awesome purse yeah they had a good crowd they had to postpone friday's 10 grander and move it into saturday where they planned to run two and they got two in and got it done at a decent time as well really good day for them there if you know much about tin tuck you know there's little bucks races that they have after i believe third or fourth round of the big bucks race if you're out you can get in the little bucks they didn't have the little bucks races so just trying to make sure they got tens in they did and uh, the first race on saturday was tucker parish getting by uh, richard duvall in the final round and to wrap up saturday my good friend Dwayne sasquatch martin uh, taking the win in his beautiful little Nova over another guy that just wins a lot, and that's Bo Boatner from back where you were from in the Alabama area when yeah, you lived. Yeah, I, uh, I know Bo from our day at, days at uh, Sand Mountain Dragway. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we just talked about Bo a couple weeks ago. I believe he won the door car race at Huntsville, and um, I don't yeah. know if 
Bo Boatner is a familiar name to a lot of people outside of that region. But like you said, that is a guy that flat gets it done, has been getting it done for several years. Yeah. He's a threat to win everywhere he goes. Good to see him starting off on a hot streak in 2017. Yeah, no doubt. And wrapping it up on Sunday was uh, Phil Smita over Nick Hastings. Uh, is, Phil from, is Phil from Ohio? Yeah, that was an all-Ohio final. The, what, a day okay. after an all-Alabama final, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, Nick Hastings, as mentioned earlier, is the bottom bulb representative for Team Ohio. But he is ultra-talented, and he can leave on the top, the middle, or the bottom, and he gets it done on top in a runner-up spot there to wrap up 10 Tuck Sunday. So great event there for Dallas and the gang, and uh, that was, it was good to see them get the three tens pulled off. Yeah, and then uh, several hours, several states away, a similar event at, uh, at Noble, Oklahoma. We talked a little bit about Noble a few weeks ago at the big bottom bulb race. This was a top bulb, 310 Granders. They called it the Spring Breakout. The winners down there sounded like, from all accounts, I talked to a couple of people that were at the event, car count was a little bit low, I think right around 100, maybe a little bit under that, but it sounded like Michael Pennington, another All-State representative, we just talked about him for Team Texas, sounded like Michael put on a show. The way that I understand it, he was doubled on the ladder two of the three days and in three different cars throughout the weekend. So uh, Mm. he got the win on Friday, driving little brother Peeps Dragster, knocked out Aaron Brown in that final round. And again, the way that I heard it, he had two entries in at like 12 cars or less on Friday and then two separate cars in um, deep on Saturday as well even though we didn't end up getting the win Saturday's win went to my friend uh, Dan Wheeler from Kansas got the uh, got the Saturday 10 grand victory over Will Carroll I think a lot of you are familiar with Will either from running the racetrack at uh, Ardmore Oklahoma or his uh, on-track exploits in super comp stock top dragster Will's run a little bit of everything and uh, yes yeah. is one of the characters at the racetrack without question yeah. <laughs> and then Sunday's finale was uh, Kyle Gibson getting the win over Steve Adams. Steve, another uh, guy that I grew up with from the Texas area. So congrats to both of them. And the way that I understood it was a double red light final in Sunday's 10 grander that uh, were, if True Start were in place, the uh, results actually would have been flipped. I believe uh, Adams went red mm. by a few thousands, leaving first. Gibson was like 15 thousands red behind him, but obviously gets the win. Virtue of the faster car, that is something that will not happen at the uh, Spring Fling Million in Vegas in a few weeks where True Start is in effect. Yep. Yeah, you'll see that. And also of note, Thursday's Gambler's winner was uh, him, the man himself from Team Louisiana, Johnny Brackett Racing, Johnny Ezel. So oh, I skipped over Johnny Brackett Racing. They sound like Johnny put on a show too, which is again not uncommon. A uh, win and semi in the other car. So yeah, not at all. And then moving back across country to uh, Virginia Motorsports Park, the St. Patrick's Classic. St. Patty Day Classic put on by Loose Rocker Promotions and our good friend Michael Beard and Anthony Walton with a, a race that everybody looks forward to kicking off their season with. And um, bless their heart, those guys had some serious weather challenges and some stuff that really wasn't even on the, the radar that wasn't supposed to happen. And pretty much got rain every day and I think got a round or two in of Saturday's race and then had to split the purse. But really challenging weekend for those guys. I hate it for them. Uh, sound like they had a good crowd show up and they put on great races. Uh, sound like all efforts were exhausted by BMP and Loose Rocker, but just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, and then um, 
I IHRA, I think to round out the weekend or anything that uh, that I had on my radar, the IHRA made its way to San Antonio. The thing with these IHRA races, like I want to talk about IHRA, right? Like they have a, a huge points fund this year. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Like finding their results on the internet is like you've got to have a freaking encrypted password. Like I don't, I, I, I want to talk about this and I have the hardest time finding it. There's, I found detailed results for Saturday, for Sunday. The only thing that I can find anywhere on the internet without scrounging through Facebook to see people's individual winner circle photos is like I got last name and car number and I don't know all of these people. Like I, I just, why is this so hard? Why can't it? <laughs> So, like I said, maybe that's my irritability coming out of ripping ripping IHRA just a little bit. But I I do know Saturday, Hot Rod was Tony Jones over at Danny Brossman. And it looked like, from the looks of this, there were some classes that were reeled down. I think Top Sportsman only had like five cars. But for the most part, across the board, this looked like a little bit better turnout than some of the IHRA races that we had talked about earlier in the year, which is good. That's a good sign. I just wish they could tell us who wins. (laughs) <laughs> Stock uh, Cooter, Jimmy Hidalgo Jr., winner over uh, Jackie Hibbard. Quick Rod on Saturday's event was uh, Kevin, I'm going to say Pika, from Sweet Home, Texas, knocked off Robert Garbs. Top Sportsman, Top Dragster uh, was a good story. Uh, again, the turnout was light in Top Sportsman, but all you can do is beat the people that are there. Monty Weaver got the win over uh, Marty Blair, and Monty's son, Cole Weaver, got the win in Top Dragster over Scott Ball, another very familiar name to that Texas uh, drag racing scene, Scott Ball runner-up in Top Dragster. Super Rod, the 990 category, Vernon Rowland, another familiar name out of Oklahoma. He got the win over Van Arnold. Van also runnered up at Baton Rouge with his uh, Charlie Stewart race cars built Corvette. A super stock saw Michael Bryant talking, knocking off Berlin Taylor. How about Berlin Taylor? Jed, are you familiar with Berlin, Berlin Taylor? He could be the I'm not. big thing. Berlin Taylor, uh, I met Berlin. He was racing with the Cummings in the late 90s, probably. And with all due respect to Berlin, like, I thought he was older than dirt then. <laughs> that was 20 years ago. He just runnered up in super stock. How about Berlin, Berlin Taylor? Nice job. And then uh, Junior Dragster uh, event down there, uh, Corey Galitti got the win over Bryce Grenier. That's, uh, I believe that's J-Rod's boy up against Chris Galitti's boy with uh, with Galitti getting the win. He's no stranger to the winner's circle either. That kid's going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, as his career progresses as well. And like I say, Sunday's results kind of hit and miss because it's just hard to figure anything out. But I do know that the Cummings had a big day on Sunday. Yeah triple up basically for the Cummings family Slate Cummings um, who we talked about earlier the utility uh, utility knife for uh, Team Louisiana he got the win in super stock he also got the win in stock in stock he knocked off Cooter Hidalgo in the final and while Slate was at it his nephew Cole who is Britt's son Cole got the first win, I believe, the first major win of his uh, driving career when he won the Hot Rod category. So congrats to the Cummings boys, that Mosier team out of Hammond, Louisiana. And Slate has, uh, I know it's early, but this year's IHRA Points Championship is not a Tournament of Champions runoff. This year it's a points program, and that's several finals in just two weekends for Slate. So I don't know if their plans originally were to chase the IHRA points. I would assume if they drove to San Antonio it was, because that's a pretty good ways from Hammond, Louisiana. 
but uh, if that was not in the works initially, I would venture to guess that it's going to be in the works now. Other winners from Sunday, Shannon Brinkley knocked off Charlie Stewart in the Super Ride category. Top dragster was Chase Murray over Eli McGee. And beyond that, like I want to mention every winner, but I don't know <laughs> because I can't find them. So, <laughs> Well, uh, at least you didn't get on them too bad, Luke. I know you're irritated right now, but... <laughs> You didn't get on too bad. That was a good turnout for the IHRA crowd, and uh, good to see uh, some of our good buddies getting it done there. And um, congratulations to to all those winners. And hopefully these crowds begin to grow with the IHRA. You know, I'm with you. It hasn't been the turnout, I think, that they want or need. But hopefully we, we keep turning attention. You know, I saw on Drag Race Results, people talking about the IHRA crowds and hopefully we can keep turning some attention their way. Uh, I think they've got a good program and hopefully they get better at listing their results and uh, putting on good races. Yeah, I honestly at this point, it's been several years since I was at an IHRA race. Like, I don't know if they run a good program or not. I hope that they do but more than anything, I just, I wish that class racers, index racers just had a viable option to NHRA. I think it would make, I think it would be better for everyone. I think it would keep NHRA a little bit more honest. I I think it would be good for our sport if IHRA got back the strength that it knew, you know, a decade ago. Absolutely. That's about all I got today, Jeff. What about, is is there anything else you wanted to talk about this episode? Well, you know, uh, definitely looking forward to the weekend uh, coming up. It's going to be big time bracket racing at the Drag Race Results Ultimate Series. Um, I've got a huge event for the footbreakers down at Gulfport, the footbreak 150 plus 50, which I was scheduled to be at, but just not going to work out. I'm not going to get the car running until Wednesday or Thursday, so it's best for me to, to do it an hour and a half north instead of driving five hours south. So looking forward to what next week holds for results and um, some people going to win some, some year-changing money coming up this weekend it's going to be awesome yeah yeah a couple of big events going on so that's uh that's awesome like i said we've got a big show planned next week i don't want to spill the beans too much but uh look forward to doing that again on my uh road to las vegas and the spring fling million hopefully talking about a big weekend for both of us uh in huntsville yeah and uh, and definitely recapping that event as well as the uh, footbreak 150 plus 50 closing up today's show i want to talk a little bit more about buyer jewelers let's face it at some point we all have a need for quality fine jewelry whether it's an engagement an anniversary whatever the occasion stephanie buyer at Bayer Jewelers has the perfect piece of jewelry. Stephanie is a racer. She was a friend of mine long before I was her customer. She understands what I want and need quality jewelry that my wife will love at a price that I can afford. If and when you need quality jewelry, do what I do. Call Stephanie Bayer at 937-901-8694. Absolutely. Give Stephanie a call, folks. When you need jewelry, she's the source. She knows you need money for double bead locks and new fronts and a water pump and all that stuff. So she's going to save you the money that that you need to get those things done. So make sure you give them a call. They're great folks. And uh, that wraps us up, Luke. It's episode 18, which is really our 19th. And I want to say thanks to our sponsors. Uh, these are the folks, you know, that bring our podcast to you every week. Portatree, uh, Buyer Jewelers, and Racing RVs. And I want to give a shout out and thanks to our good buddy PJ North for providing the tunes and doing our intro. 
make sure you look PJ up. He's our kind of people, and you can find him on iTunes. And uh, certainly let you know again, we plan to release a new podcast every week of the calendar year, and we're on target so far. So stay tuned for plenty more going forward. To get the latest episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast before your friends, be sure to subscribe uh, to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast wherever it is that you find your favorite podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. If you like what you hear, rate and review the podcast. That's how we move up in the rankings so more people can find us. If you don't like what you hear, let us know so that we can try to deliver a better show. And finally, be sure to join the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast fan page on Facebook to interact and become part of the conversation this week. Like I say, next week I'll be coming to you from the road. I will do my best to be in a better mood. Maybe I'll <laughs> eat a uh, chicken sandwich between now and then. And um, I hope so. Hopefully we're talking about a big weekend in Huntsville. Any chance of me sitting down with you this weekend with a burger? Any chance at all? Huh. What, um, <laughs> how much do you enjoy your time at the racetrack? <laughs> I love it. Enjoy it immensely. I don't. I, I, it wouldn't be a good day for you. <laughs> well, I'll make sure I don't. I'll avoid that situation. <laughs> uh, great show. Enjoyed it. Uh, certainly look forward to talking to you guys about some racing next week. And um, Luke, I will see you in just a few days, my friend. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. Have a great week. This away alive Banging on the door Bump, bump, bump until I get it in Attitude like I am already winning in Foot breaking in anything Bottom bobbing for a 10 I'm rolling in the cutty Switching feet like Jerry Pennington Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.